Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for taking time out of your day. My name's Todd Tanoni, and my whole life I was kind of struggling trying to figure out what my purpose in life was. I always wanted to write a book. I did. It hit number one internationally. And I'm here on this podcast sharing relevant information so we can connect with ourselves and others so you can find your true purpose and really connect with presence and intention. Enjoy. Welcome to the Right Intention. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited for this week's episode. Someone that's became a dear friend, Laura Deer and her husband, Tim, are super awesome friends of mine. And she just put out a book that blew my mind and really opened things up. It's called What You Are Not Aware Of Controls You. And Laura is a spiritual healer, some of the coaching, some of the shifts that she's done with people have been amazing. I've been very fortunate prior to getting to know Laura and her teachings and her work. I had done a lot of the heavy lifting. However, she's worked with me. Um, Just some of those small incremental shifts have made a major, major change in my life really over the past several months. So she's a number one best-selling author. And again, her book is What You're Not Aware Of Controls You. Laura, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you're at, why you wrote this book, and you know anything that our listeners find interesting about you. <laughs> well, you know, when you jump into the self-development world, I mean, you just, you're out looking for more and you just don't realize there's these patterns and there's these, you know, I like to call them like cultural and tribal spells that are running the show. I mean, it is literally a frequency that keeps us repeating the same things, having the same emotions, having the same reactions. And 
as I really started to take a deeper dive, it was absolutely surprising how many things showed up. Let me stop you for a minute. And, and I want you to go deeper so everyone listening to this understands tribal spells, what, what, you know, <laughs> or are we, you know, we're really going deep, but what, how are you defining tribal spells so our okay. listeners understand Beautiful. what you're talking about? So for me, tribal spells are, it's your inner circle when um, you're growing up. For example, when you're a child, you know, your first seven, nine years, Your tribe is mom, it's dad, it's your parents' closest friends, it is uncles, you know, grandma, grandpa. And what it is, is that we're born here, like fully, like children are beautiful. We're born here knowing who we are. Isn't it great being a grandparent? Oh my God, yes. Like, Laura's got two grandchildren (laughs) and they're like, like literally... They wear you out. But the thing is that, you know, when you do this work, isn't it beautiful to watch them and then just see, like, they know who they are. And they're so authentic with, like, I don't like you, or I do, or I'm, you know, it's just the way they show up is beautiful. And I'm actually feeling really fortunate that I know this work because now instead of trying to put my tribal spells on them, on my beliefs, I'm actually more curious with who are you and how do I just keep you so alive and connected with like who you are? I know exactly what you're saying. And when I'm with my granddaughter, Lua, mm-hmm. just being 100% present mm-hmm. for him and being playful and just, just being in that moment. I think about myself when mm-hmm. I, I was a father and it's why I think those of you listening that out there that are parents really try to be present for your kids today. As I, I look back, I think I did my job as a parent. All my kids were still alive, and, <laughs> and you know they're all dealing with their challenges. However, each of them are different in their own way, and as we show up as grandparents versus parents, I think we, with our life experiences, we're just able able to be fully present for them, and it's so much fun. And as I, I run into to friends now, as I'm getting a little bit more mature in age, being around smaller children, it's, it brings out the inner child in you and you're just yes. able to just release and have fun with them. But go ahead, continue yes, you with know, the trauma. Exactly, but you see what, what that does is like, now that I'm so much more in tune with my inner child, I can now see the things I couldn't see even when I was raising my own kids, right? It was, oh my God, they really know who they are and encouraging that, you know, them to develop those personalities. So, but what happened to a lot of us was grandma's like, oh, we don't do that. That's not very ladylike. Oh, you don't do this because, you know, well, and what happens is that they start to give you their set of rules in order to belong. Absolutely. And, And it's all from a good place. It's like, it's heartfelt, you know, but it's like, they don't want you to get hurt go out into the world and get hurt. So they give you these rule books. You can't be you here because then you're not going to get accepted. And it's this whole thing. So we start moving and being taught very young to move through life in a way for you to belong. And initially it's belonging to the initial tribe when we're tiny. And then we go into school. And then when you're at school, you quickly realize, oh, these are the rules of engagements to belong here. So now your teachers are the ones casting those spells and, you know, no, 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 we don't do this, you know, and, and we're limited on our natural curiosity to expand our personalities. And so 
we start losing who we really are. And so by the time we're an adult, what really hit me in this work when I really dove in was like, I don't know who I really am initially because I was like, holy cow, like, I don't like this. You know, why am I doing this? And was that because if I did this, well, then I'd be accepted. And then certain success levels with my business, because, you know, this is what's acceptable. And that's when I really started looking back and realizing that I wasn't living life as me. I was living everything to belong, everything I was careful with, how I showed up. You know, some people like to call it masks. You're careful with how you show up because it's like it's, you're always worried about belonging and being accepted. And I agree with this. And it's all these patterns, you know, yep. yes, no. Mm-hmm. And what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to be, we really put ourselves, we allow ourselves to be put into a box. And one of the things that was a big awakening for me is I've gone through so much these last several years. I talk about it in my book, uh, Man's Journey, where the one morning I'm working out with the outsiders. I am, they're just destroying me, you know, physically with the workout that we were doing. And it's hot and it's in the middle of summer and just sweat's pouring off of me. And I asked myself, you know, I got in my head and I asked myself, why am I doing all this? Why am I reading, meditating, praying, you know, journaling, doing all these things, working out at the crack of dawn? And for the first time, I realized as I had been disentangling all these pre-programming that I had inside of me, for the first time in my life, I realized I loved myself. I was doing all of this for me. And when we realize that we're doing things for ourselves and we heal ourselves, which is one of the things that I got out of your book, which really spoke to me. When we heal ourselves, we're able to show up better for ourselves and for our families and communities and for the world. And, you know, as we've talked, it's really upping the vibration of the world. But and think about this. And so what you're saying is that when you are able to show up, like doing this work is truly starting to step into, or I like calling it remembering. It's like a remembering of who you showed up here to be, who you really are. And when you start doing that, it's a massive gift to the world. Because if you can do that from such a heart-centered place, people feel that. And what I see happening is you're giving someone else permission. It's almost like holding their hand and saying, come on, you want us giving them permission to do the same for themselves. Versus like, oh, we're not playing the role to belong. It's you're looking at somebody and they're feeling safe enough to go, show me some of who you are, you know, stepping in. It's an invitation is how I see it. And it's really being vulnerable. And I I remember when I started, when you're putting the right energy out there, the right people are going to come into your Mm -hmm. lives. And I just think about, you know, when Tim came up to me, I kind of knew you guys a little loosely. Mm -hmm. And then it was, you know, a couple of years ago when he grabbed me and he said, dude, I really need to talk to you. And he kind (laughs) of just shared some of the work you had been doing together as couples. And Mm -hmm. and then you were starting to venture into some of your counseling and deep work with people Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. You know, when you start diving into this, you know, it's one of those things like for me, sometimes it requires a massive pattern interrupt. And explain pattern interrupt. I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Why don't you share it with our listeners? A pattern is what our body automatically does. You know, we get up. It's our routines. It's exactly everything. We get up. We have our coffee. We go to work. 
you know, somebody talks to us, we have or even a way of responding to people. In other words, same people that trigger you, it's going to be several people are going to trigger you that have a very similar way of behaving. So in other words, it's an automatic reaction, feeling, the way you express. A pattern is everything that's known to you, that you're familiar. So in other words, you know how to navigate within your patterns, which means it doesn't give you a whole lot of opportunity to create something different because you're in the same circle, same people, having the same conversations, having very similar, a very similar day play out. Yeah, it's kind of almost pre-programmed. I, I talked about mm-hmm. it in my last episode when these types of things happen, you have what I call triggers or negative anchors, mm-hmm. where sometimes, for example, might be a case of where you forget to take the garbage out and your significant other just freaks on you. And, you know, the, the person taking the garbage is up, like, what the hell did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And what it is, it's not really situational, but it somehow links to a negative anchor. And it's unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, literally, you're moving through the day unconscious, not aware of what's going on, not aware of anything. And you're riding usually the same emotional roller coasters time and time and time again. So for me, my biggest one, and this one was 10 years ago, it took me a hot second to get through where I am now. But 10 years ago, my biggest pattern interrupt was my daughter moving out for college. My question was going to be, you know, what made you change? Where was the shift? Was that one of your biggest like moments as you go back to where you had noticed that you needed to do a pattern interrupt and you needed to pattern interrupt either. I like to believe that the universe does it for you, kind of lines it up for you mm. because she was so eager to move out right after high school. And I used to always say, cause I was a workaholic. Me I too. Yeah, workaholic. I did not know how to stop. I did not know how to vacation. And what's really sad, I didn't even realize I wasn't present yeah. for anybody, not even myself. Yeah, I think that's one of the yeah. one of the connectors we had. I remember, you know, hundred plus hour work weeks. Like, who does that? Stupid. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so unhonoring to ourselves and everybody that loves us. So unhonoring. It's just oh. and, and we think we're doing the right thing. Like for me, as a the, the way I was growing up, yeah, a real, <laughs> man, a real man. He, you know, gets mm-hmm. out there and you know. You know, our ancestors were like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, killing buffalo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, men were hunters, women were gatherers. However, and what I was trying to do my whole life was trying to prove prove everyone wrong that I was, you know, my living belief was that I'm not enough. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to show people what I could do. And, and really creating a huge company and monetary wealth. I wasn't able to enjoy anything. I wasn't able to enjoy and appreciate my kids in the moment. You know, they say, hey, dad, you did a great job. And, you know, I still, I try to be kind to myself. However, I look at it as I look through it with a different lens. I see where I'm going to do a little bit different. I'm not going to have any more children. Three kids, the second we made that decision a long time ago. However, being a, a grandfather and being around little kids is just, man, it's so joyful. Yeah. So to give people a perspective of why I was the workaholic for me was I was in an abusive household. My poor mom, I have a lot of compassion for her now, but, you know, she had it rough. And because that's all she knew, she was really abusive with us. Mm-hmm. And so at 17, when all my older siblings were all gone, I had been left there alone. And it had gotten really bad. 
that was the only one she could focus all of that aggression on. How old were your other siblings? They're 10 years older, 11 years, and 14. So you're the baby? I'm the baby. I'm the baby, too. Oh, shit, yeah. we didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, by, we're, I came 10 years after the last one. Yeah, my parents had sex every seven years. So. <laughs> Got it. So that night when I, my mom was going to beat the crap out of me. And there's this night, she looked like, if I don't get out of here, she could kill me. So I pushed her back. And it was at night. And I ran out the door. And I just started running down the street. And um, I remember at that moment, I stopped. I, I just went not scared. I went masculine and I go, there is no such thing as love. There's no such thing as anyone being for you. I'm the only one that's got my back. And I remember getting into a car, a man pulled up and he said, do you need help? And I said, yes. I remember the thought of looking back at my mom who was running behind me. And I said, either she's going to kill me or this guy's going to kill me. I don't know which one's going to happen. I'll just, I'm going to take a different door. That's all I said. And I got in the car with him. You know, it's funny as you tell your story, it triggered something in me, a, a story that I don't remember from my childhood, where my dad was rough with us. He was definitely not the role model of how to be a father. And it takes me back to as I feel the microphones on my head, I've got a lump on my head here. I remember when I was in high school and I was hanging drywall on a school, or I was even in high school middle school and I'm hanging drywall at 11 o'clock at night in our house and I remember because I didn't hold it straight my dad got one of the popping guns where he put like a liquid nail mm -hmm. in and he went to swing at me I, I don't think he deliberately you know wanted to gash my head open where I had stitches and I passed out my mother freaked out because blood was everywhere but he came to hit me with the glue gun and you know I passed out, blood was everywhere, my mom was freaking out, and I remember I needed to lie because, you know, like I had this big lump and scab on my head, and I lied to all my friends of, of what had happened. I remember my one buddy, Devin Whalen, he's like, dude, what happened? And yeah, I made up some bullshit story where a branch fell on my head because, yeah, I didn't want to say, but my dad is, is an abusive son of a bitch, and for... Um, when I've got a test the next day for not holding drywall straight at 11 o'clock at night on a school night, this is what you get, a coffee gun. You know, we bury a lot of these things and just talking through it with you right now helps you release it, release it more because really, as you talk about these tribal spells and patterns of behavior, we just push them down over the years. And I know it's, it's typically easier known as women are going to share more than men. And... You know, I think a lot of men out there just kind of push all this stuff down. At least that was the case for me, where I've never dealt with it. And, and thank you for sharing that and triggering that memory mm -hmm. so I could heal it. So, absolutely. No, well, and for me, that's what made I like to call her career girl. In my book, I talk about her. That moment created career girl. That girl is moved. See, I don't see you as ruthless. I that see you was like before. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, that was before you met me. <laughs> yeah. When you met me, I was already on the way and doing some of the work. But at first, I was, you know, prostrate or bit ripped. Yeah. You know, it well, was, yeah, it was different. But that created that 
woman, which I also honor now. I think we can go back to that. I really have an honoring for her for a while. I judged her, but she is the one that for my kids, I was a protector. I was a provider. I was this. I was all these other things. And I was thinking about, I will make sure my kids have everything they need. Unfortunately, because I wasn't shown love. You weren't emotionally there for I me. was not emotionally there for I get that. And so when my daughter moved out, I'd miss all her games. I'd miss everything. I, I mean, I went to a few, but I'd always miss out on things. And I would always say, okay, the next one. I'll be there next time. The next time. And so when she moved out, I mean, I dropped to my knees. Yeah, are you ever going to have that next time? And that shook me to my core. And then it took me two weeks to retake the mat. I cried my tail off. And I said, enough. Enough. Well, what the hell are you doing? And that's why we did Yeah, this is, um, (laughs) you know, we're we're here, like, getting emotional. It's, as human beings, we, you know, we're not designed to be alone and you know we've got to get this stuff out so your book what what prompted you to to write your your story what was your driver on that every time i told the story and this really what the amazing people that you meet in the platinum world with tony robbins right yeah and every time i would tell the story people just would look at me and say how are you not how are you sane and people need to hear this because there's a lot of people that that's probably their same experience, but too many people are afraid to let yourself be seen. Mm. Like just to put it out there, and I'm like, here we go. Here I am. For sure. You're, you you, <laughs> right? you go from this workaholic freak, career girl, right, <laughs> to you're getting in touch with yourself, doing the work, where you're doing that inner work, healing yourself, and the last thing you want to do is kind of put things out there. So it's mm. like, I just want to be calm and peaceful and now I've got to but continue. Yeah. No, no, but that is it's I think if we're doing this work, it's our responsive what well, you know, it becomes a responsibility to be willing to let others see you because if I can let somebody else see me, it's an invitation that I'm extending to them. It's like I'm safe and if you wish, let me see you at whatever capacity they're comfortable with. Well and I think that people need that that safe space and I can't even imagine how it is to be a woman in today's society because it's a crazy, insane world out there. You know, women, what's happening because men aren't showing up the way that they should in their masculine. You've got women that feel that they need to protect themselves, to guard themselves and show up in their masculine, which screws up the whole polarity of things. So what advice would you give to women that are out there kind of that might have been walking along your path? Mm-hmm. Actually, easy thing, the first just thing that popped in my head is if you are in a relationship with a man, stop trying to fix him. Him and I did not know that we were not in a good place because everyone looked at us and they thought we were good. We actually, because of our patterns, we don't fight, we don't do this, we don't do this. I'm like, good, I guess we're good. We didn't realize we had no freaking passion. Our intimacy was not good. And it was really a shocker to see that. And the more I tried to fix them, that was my masculine. Because I was looking outside of myself. The more he pulled away and got defensive. 
So the biggest advice is for anybody, regardless of any relationship, even with your kids, it's like this all starts here with you. All of it. There's not a single thing we can control outside of ourselves. It's the only thing we can control is us. And once we go here, like, where are you? What's going on? Like, why do I get mad at anybody like this? What is it in me? It's all, it's all here. Because most of the time, Tim was being a sweetheart and not doing anything to piss me off. And more than anything, he was really trying not to piss me off because that was a beast to deal with, right? <laughs> You know, and so that, and the more I started doing that, I mean, the realizations that started coming in with about six months into some really deep, deep work with energy work and plant medicine, that's when I just kind of and saw and saw it. Yeah, I, I apologize to him. It was brutal. That's some great advice. And I think as I've gone through the trans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you of divorce and everything like that it was it's beautiful to be in a different space to be able to have a good conversation uh, with my ex-wife because I, I you know I spent more than half my adult life there and I'm always going to love her it doesn't you know we're not destined to be together I believe that I believe we were supposed to be together for the point of time that we were and I can see in the future we visualize and we, we, we do this healing and meditation I was in a creek the other day when I was with you and Tim, mm-hmm. and you guys were just hanging at the creek head, and I said, the heck with this, and I took my shoes and socks off and jumped into the creek and put my feet in the water. It was a beautiful experience. I did a meditation, and when I did that meditation, I saw my ex-wife, my children, my grandchildren, and all of us were together in the future in a holiday gathering, and I saw myself on stage at 110 years old, not as virile and alive as I am today. Because, you know, it's 110 years old, which I know I've got, you know, 70 plus years left in this vessel. And I saw my, you know, my soulmate, that future person in the front row, my biggest fan. And to be able to visualize the future, to be in that present moment, it's just really an amazing amazing gifts. So you brought up something that, you know, I think is becoming more mainstream that was, I guess, taboo years ago, plant medicine. Let's talk a little bit about that. My, my favorite chapter in my book is called Welcome to the Jungle, where I talk about my ayahuasca journey. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that and, you know, 
what your feelings are about plant medicine, healing process, and how that kind of folds into any work that you may or may not have done in the past. Oh, my God. Well, there's so many modalities to connecting to yourself, which is everything that's even that you're holding in, everything. And so I started initially with energy work, which for me worked, but energy work a lot of times requires, even meditation requires your true ability to quiet the mind so that, I like to call it, so that you can finally drop from the maze that your mind is. Mind's is maze. And to be able to go from there to finally escape that maze that drops you into your heart. Okay. Because love, being in a heart and love-centered place, it's you just see truth and you experience truth. And so for me, my experience with plant medicine is not your typical you know, jarring, let's get you to purge and throw up and, you know, scream. I, that hasn't been my platform. Mine has been a lot sweeter, a lot more gentle. It starts always with heart openers because once we can get somebody into quiet that mind, all that chatter, all that noise, you know, everything, quiet that down. For some people, it goes completely silent. For some that you know, have a very loud voice. It just takes it down. That means you are able for the first time to drop into your heart fully. And once you're dropped into your heart, you will look around the room with some of the other people and you will not be able to help but be overwhelmed with the beauty of humanity, people, yourself. You're all of a sudden seeing, feeling, experiencing yourself and somebody else without all of those triggers that have judgment and have fear that don't let us get past you know where we've been it literally gets softened and lifted and when you're in that part it's like you give your body permission for its intelligence because my work is to get people reconnected to their bodies, which is back to their own divine wisdom. We've got this beautiful divine wisdom that people can't get in touch with. It's guiding us. It's, you know, intuition. It's all of these things and it's guiding us, but we can't connect to it because we're so much in our heads constantly. And so what I love witnessing in these spaces is seeing someone that has not been able to get out of their head and then drop in and then have watched them, witness them experience what the world really is. Because the filter that you, so we all have filters, you know, that we experience our world through. But these filters are through our pain, our life experiences, you know, there's, and so it's, they're full of triggers. They're full of, you know, our experiences so sometimes or even our stories that we're saying because of our experiences that we're not seeing reality we're not seeing the truth i like to look at it as you're kind of seeing things out of a different lens for, for years i saw it out of a lens and that thing was scratched up and muddy and dirty mm-hmm. and i'm able to really focus and have clarity on the situation correct and so you know, for me, it's just one of those things where it's like, 
my when my husband and I did it the first time, we literally saw. I gave him a different name because actually I saw a completely different person. I experienced a completely different person. I'm falling because I'm like, this is the guy. This is the frequency. I like to. For me, it connects to frequencies for me now. This is the frequency of the guy I was attracted to, but I don't get to experience him. Where do you think he went? Why weren't you able to experience him? Was that the way you were both showing up? If knowing what you know now, what how would you define that? Why? Why weren't you able to experience him? There was life experiences that were shoved down. There was actually one big one that he didn't even really have much of a memory of mm -hmm. that was shoved down. That literally at the age of eighteen, there is a confident guy that after this experience, literally. He locked that guy up. I, I actually got a visual. Like, he had him locked up in a dungeon. And was like, it's not safe for you to come out. And, you know, it robbed him of being able to, that fear of what that event was for him. And how, because it was a scary event for him. Uh -huh. He never allowed that guy to show up again. Maybe that's my connection with Tim because... Mm -hmm. Really a big pivotal point for me in my trauma was when I was 19, my mom took a 22. I'm in college, she took a 22, she killed herself. Then a year and a half later, my brother killed himself. And I had to step up as the patriarch of the family, like a 20-year-old kid. And where I had the weight of the rest of the family on my shoulders. And, you know, that put me into a suffering state for a lot of years. And really, as I look back at it now, the meaning um, when people hear my story, they're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. And it's like, you know what? It was, it was there to serve me and help make me who I am today. It did. It did. It really does. And then and some people, though, unfortunately, don't realize um, that there is a part of themselves that's not showing up. And then for me at that same journey, this was like my first journey changed it all. I saw my 10-year-old. Oh, wow. I saw my 10-year-old. Tell us about that if you yeah. want to. So I started having this weird, like, nervous feeling showing up. And I was like, why am I getting nervous? Like, I don't know. And I got really, like, scared. And I could feel like I was, fear was rising up within me. And so I closed my eyes. And all of a sudden, I saw me. And I was 10 years old. And, like, I'm interacting with her. Like, I'm interacting with you right now, right? And then. Like, what are you doing there? And she's like, Shh. I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm quiet, she's gonna find us. And my 10 year old self was hiding because my mom was on a rampage. Uh, she didn't want to be found to get her, you know, beat up. <laughs> and so she was hiding. And so I actually spent probably, it felt like a couple of hours talking to her and getting her to tell me, like, why are you so scared? What's going on? And like, her to tell me, I literally had forgotten what it was like. Because I never was, I was not a playful person. Now you experience playful oh, aura. Yeah. yeah, but playful aura had disappeared a long time ago. And I'm talking to her, and I finally get her to just really, and I'm having all these emotions, and I'm like, oh my God. It was, and I apologized to her, I acknowledged her, and I'm like, I'm so sorry that you're so scared. And I'm so sorry that you're like, this is, this was your experience. And so then I just was naturally guided to say, come over here. Look at us now. I've got you. Come out. I've got you. 
And I remember her like, can I trust you? I don't know if I can trust you. And I said, I promise you, I won't let anything ever happen to you again. Until she was in my arms. And once she was in my arms, like the energy that moved through my body was like all this fear that was, because that's in your body. It's stored in your body. And all she was doing was just protecting you all those years, yeah. right? And so anytime I got really scared, I got a sense of it was her fear that would rise up in me so strong. And sometimes I would get really scared and I'm like, I don't understand the level of this fear. And I couldn't explain it, but then that makes sense. It was not my fear. It was my 10-year-old that when I was terrified as an adult, it was her that I was feeling. And when she hugged me, I her excitement just like ran through my body. And I went from nervous to hyper. I'm talking, I was hyper as hell. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I got to go run. I got to go outside. I got to go run. And the facilitator was like, um, he goes, well, you know, just, you know, running around the house. And I was like, no, I didn't go outside. I didn't go outside. And she's like, uh, okay, I need to get somebody to go outside and go outside. And as soon as I went outside, my 10-year-old, and I have full access to her now, she's like cartwheels. And I'm like, I'm in my late 40s. I'm like, I've had back surgery. I'm like, I can't do a cartwheel. And cartwheel, cartwheel, cartwheel. And I was like, she was real hyper. And so all of a sudden, I told the facilitator, I said, if I can hurt me, go get help. (laughs) And I ran and did a cartwheel. And then when I did that cartwheel, my hips popped. You see women's traumas in their hips. Okay. My hips popped. I'm like, oh, and it jolted all this energy. Release. I'm like, oh, and then I did one. And then before I knew it, I was running, like running and doing one cartwheel after another, after another. Everyone in the house started coming out to watch me because they told me, I was like, you didn't look like, you know, an almost 50 year old woman doing cartwheels. You looked like a kid. You were pulling them off one after another. But with every cartwheel, my hips kept releasing. That's why I kept and it kept shooting and like energy up yeah. my body. It was crazy. I mean, I don't know when I stopped. I must have been at least 30. Wow. At least. And then I just laid on the grass laughing. Laughing. And it was and crying at the same time because it was like I freed her. Freed her. Which means I freed my inner my 10-year-old part of my inner child, right? And man, she shows up big for me. Well, I think that's who I've got to experience since I've known yes, you. You're like the exactly. inner child. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing Career Girl <laughs> sometimes. Oh, so. yeah. I still have her there. Isn't yeah. it great, all these different personas that we have that we can call on at different times? Mm-hmm. I like the way I show up today. It serves me better. And it's funny that look at situations that used to trigger me and those negative anger, just the way I kind of fluff them off and I don't respond to them the way I used to because I don't want to show up like that. That old version of myself only needs to show up when somebody I love, somebody that I care about might be in danger. And that's something that's just going to come out because you don't want to see that guy. And uh, he's, he's hidden inside me. Mm-hmm. Kind of like career girl. They're like superheroes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a great way to put them versus we tend to judge them. You know, I know it took me six months of plant medicine journeys to stop judging her because I kept just wanting to, it's like, she's the reason I didn't do this. She's the reason I didn't, you know, connect with my kids. And I kept judging her. And 
when I finally really integrated was when it finally hit me how much I had to honor her because I would not have survived had that version of me not shown up. And yeah, it's learning to love all of us, even the parts of us that we had shame around, you know, because the shame was probably misplaced. It really was, and it just gets me thinking as you talk about all this, just some memories that bring back, some good and some that don't serve me the way they used to. So what is your advice, because I think we could go for like hours long, <laughs> uh, which I'd love to, what, at least the way I look at things and what I've done with my journey, I think there's people that we've talked about are seekers. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's what we are. We're seekers. And it just kind of, you know, was a download for me. And I'd be curious to get your take on this because mine is, uh, in fact, a friend of mine, Mike, called yesterday. And he goes, hey, I need to talk to you about Shaman. He just got through my book and he had read the Welcome to the Jungle chapter. And I think he was kind of surprised. And I think for me, what I tell people with plant medicine for me, with my Aya journey, it was right for me. It spoke mm-hmm. to me. It was my next step. It was kind of like I had done this work. I had healed what I could heal. And I hit this brick wall of where I wasn't getting that growth. And I was just kind of kind of stuck. And ayahuasca spoke to me. And I got exactly what I needed from it. I did another journey around mushrooms since then that was good and help me release more stuff. I will tell you this, the journey that you recommended me to in Santa Fe was by far my most favorite. It was exactly what I needed at the time and it was less um, less intense. Again, why I say it was exactly what I needed because I wasn't sure if I was going to go and something said, hey, this makes sense to go. T, so that's one of my personas, <laughs> T you need to go to this so I went and not knowing what to expect and it was funny having been in the journey space with different plant medicines before this time I remember talking to the facilitators and it's like well just give me whatever you think you know I just want clarity I want clarity on how to share my message to the world I, I just need deep clarity there and I had a notebook with me and is your journey you know, there were maybe 10 of us there. We don't, we'll all get exactly what we need. Some people it might be healing. For me, as I've done a lot of the healing, a lot of the work along the way, I got downloaded and I was writing stuff like a madman. And it was just the words just, just threw down in my notebook and made so much sense. And I made sure the next day I was holding off until I could look at it the next day just because I'm like, man, it reminds me of the show called Billions where I think it's season five where they take some sort of trial drug and they think they're making these amazing trades and they were out of their mind. Like, <laughs> so they weren't making amazing <laughs> trades. They took like billions of dollars in loss and somebody had the clarity. It's like, no, this is wrong. So I wanted to take a look the next morning with completely clear mind. And one of my buddies, Mike was there and he's one of those friends that he's the smart ass in our group. And he's that guy that protects himself and he's going to be super cool and really not be as vulnerable as like, for example, you've got Tim and I read it to him. He was like, holy shit. 
because you've got something here. And that's what I knew. It's like, wow, and just opening that space. So what is your advice? My advice for people with plant medicine is you'll know when it's right for you. And you've got to go in with the right intentions. What would you like to share anything? Like how did it speak to you or anybody considering right. it out there? Why they should or shouldn't do it? How does somebody know like, hey, I need to do a plant medicine? <laughs> One, from my experience, because a journey isn't done just with the experience. It is also, there's integration that happens afterwards. Sure. And I, I mentioned this in the book a lot. Safety, safety, safety is like, who are you talking to? Are they, you know, asking all the right questions to help you make you feel safe? And will they be available to you during, you know, if you have a process and available even after so in other words, when you leave from a journey like that, you're not going back to the same person. You have like, we just took your old lens and we replaced it and you're going home with a brand, like a, a new lens, you know? And every time you're going to have a new lens, but you have a new lens. So what happens is that you walk back into what I like to call your patterned environment. Sure. You know, that the old version of you created and you're going to find that it triggers the hell out of you. I've experienced yeah. that. What What is your, how do people deal with that when they go back in their environment? Because they're obviously in the same mm -hmm. space, they've healed, then they go back, and then it's like wife, kids, chaos, job, work, traffic. Yeah. You need to have somebody that holds space for you, that has the capacity to understand. And most of the time, like if people call me, you know, because I work with people with that after, after they have an, um, an event and they need help with integration of it. Listen, you need somebody that can genuinely listen. Cause I, when I'm listening, I'm not trying to, well, have you done this? Have you, I was like, I'm not trying to fix them. I am listening. And when there's the right cues, I ask curious questions because I'm really trying to guide them to their own answer. I think that's great, and that's is I work for primarily men, and so many women have been re reaching out lately that want me to work with mm -hmm. them. So maybe I refer to you. I think at some point when I have the capacity, a lot of women are seeing these changes, the men that I'm working with, and they're like, can you work with me? So I'm kind of battling with that. So you're someone I feel mm -hmm. comfortable in kicking them over. And at some point, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, I feel just we are – our energy and our vibration and the frequency that we're operating on, I can feel down the road that we'll be, you know, in our future, we'll be doing a program together, whether oh, we're sharing, sharing the same stage. I think this is just the beginning of the, the healing that you're doing for the world. And I've seen people firsthand before and after you work with them. And, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for healing these people. Thank you for everything that you've done in my journey and being there first is just a loving human being, a sister, somebody that I can share things with and helping me process through a lot of the garbage and baggage that I have. So Laura, what is the best way for everyone to get in touch with you? Because I'm sure people might have some questions. So go ahead and share the best way for them to get in touch with you and we'll put it in the show notes as well. Perfect. Well, on my website, you can 
enter a question and reach out. My website is connecting to self. It's connecting the number two self.com. So connecting to self, you'll find my email there as well, which is just Laura connecting to self at gmail.com. We've been with Laura Deer, best-selling author, who I would like to call one of my healers, guides, sisters, just a true, true blessing to be around. I suggest going, everyone's on Amazon. If you're not, who are you? So I suggest going on Amazon. She has a new book, What You're Not Aware Of Controls You. And I wanted to make sure, as I've been kind of bouncing around all over the place, I just finished it uh, prior to doing this episode. It's one of those books that you start reading you don't want to put down. So I definitely check her out there. Reach out to her, Laura. I can't thank you enough for being on today. And thanks for sharing. Oh, I love talking to you. This was so much fun. All right. Thanks. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us today at The Right Intention. One way you can help us out, you know what? Share this with somebody. Share, rate, and review this thing and subscribe to it. These episodes come out every two weeks. And the way it grows is by you sharing with others. If you want to contact me directly, you can reach out to me at Todd at ToddTenoni.com. Together, we can create a ripple effect and positive change in this world. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.